Good morning and welcome to episode 228 of the Tree Talk podcast. Myself, Jack Neville, and Matt Callan of the Weekly Observer and Vale Star. Another brilliant weekend for Limerick GA with the senior hurlers win the league title for the third time in five years. It makes them league, All-Ireland and Munster champions as of now with only 10 days to go to Munster Championship. So we're looking back on that game against Kilkenny and looking forward to the Munster Championship. We have a host of guests coming on, Matt, as well. We have Morris O'Connor and Anthony McCarthy from the Limerick Masters team. And we have David Ryan from the Limerick Under-16 Camogie side that won the first ever Munster Championship at the weekend. So we'll stay tuned for all that and more. Impression the game, we get all with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it, no more about it. But not so much control in the centre of the field from Kilkenny as Richie Bennett sends it high and over the bar. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Charlie Buckley. To do that to Tomas O'Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Limerick went out there from the world court today. No more about him. They made all the run. That was it. Put the ball over the barrel. The fact of it, and that's it. No ifs, no buts. Is there much time left? There's no sympathy in this game for anybody. As I said, another brilliant week for Limerick Hurling, Matt. But we'll start with football this morning with Morris O'Connor, captain, and Anthony McCarthy, the manager of the Limerick Masters team. Lads, good morning, Chief. Morning. Morning, lads. Um, Anthony, I'll go to you, um, I suppose, for anyone that isn't really aware of, of how this came about, because we haven't had a Masters team for a long time, if ever. I'm not really sure of the exact details, but so how did it come about? Well, Jack, first of all, it's the first ever Masters uh, football team in Limerick. It all came about before Christmas. Uh, um, a few lads went into UL just for a kick around. You know, the over 40 just to have a kick around, just to meet up and have a kick around. And the dads and lads at the same time started. And so it all com- kind of combined into one. The boys from East Limerick and City, we played Galway in a match for um, Milford Hospice in St. Patrick's Ground in November. And after that, then Joe Mulcahy, which is the main man behind the whole lot, he contacted the players and we had trials. And this is where we are now. We're after picking um, a panel of 36 players for the for the year to go ahead. 36 players. I, I suppose, are they, are they all as fit as the others? There are a lot of lads that are looking to get back into shape. Well, Jack, it's like this. You know, now, fellas these days, they look after themselves now, which is a good thing. Um. Oh, there's fellas there that are only, they're still playing a bit of football with their clubs at junior level and junior B level. And I think there's one or two playing intermediate. And there's a few lads who come back out of retirement who are coaching the underage teams and they were just mad to play a bit of football. And when the word got out to them, um, we, I actually thought that I'd be lucky to get a panel of 36 uh, to start. But it ended up that I think it was 58 or 59 people, uh, people came to the trials, so which was brilliant. Yeah, I suppose it's tough love there, trying to cut lads that are, are out to play for the love of the game. Morris, for, for yourself, I suppose, how did you get on board? Um, so, as Anthony said, Joe McKenney is the one of the main drivers behind this. So, Joe, I think, contacted everyone individually back in January. Uh, so, done an amount of work. Um, so, coming from West Limerick, um, yeah, there'd be a great football stronghold and... 
the first day out, it was mainly down in Kalidi. It was a lot of West Limerick lads there. But then we had the East boys and the City boys and the South boys all came on board and we've been training away inside the UL. Um, Anthony, great manager, great fun. Um, we've Aiden as a selector. And Jason, probably the, the more serious of, of the lot as the coach, the crack the whip. Um, he's doing a fantastic job as well. But um, yeah, so Lee McKay as well as our PRO, he's done a fantastic job. We're famous all around the county. He's publicising us everywhere. So um, great bunch of lads um, in the background and the players as well. Uh, really gelled together in the last two months. Yeah. I suppose enjoyment is probably the key thing, obviously, whenever you're going to play a game, you want to win. But it does seem that it's more so for enjoyment. Yeah, there's enjoyment, but I suppose we're all now in our 40s and there's a competitive streak through every one of us, I suppose. If you're playing for 20 plus years, um, you like winning, um, but the enjoyment is, is, at this stage, is great as well, yeah. Uh, for a lot of the lads, younger kids and see them put on a Limerick jersey, it's a massive thing, yeah. Um, is, so, yeah. Is, is the kids a driver to get out of the house? Not for me, yes. I, my first baby is due in, in June. So, um, <laughs> uh, for a lot of the lads, um, that's the way they're going. Yeah, definitely. It's They, they brought them to the game there last Saturday in, in Clare. Um, and great to see kids around the dressing room enjoying seeing their fathers put on a Limerick jersey, yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that game there with a minute with Anthony. But how was it like going from playing against players for the last 20 or 25 years in Limerick circles to play with them? Surprisingly, Grace, yeah. Um, like, um, originally, I suppose I played for Father Casey's for over 20 years. The last three, four years, I've been playing with McCollins, where I married. Um, but we've really kept up against the boys from Drum Brawford a lot um, in county finals, and they always seem to get the better of us. But now there's probably five, six lads from Drum Brawford on the current team and couldn't meet a nicer bunch of lads. Yeah. So it's great to finally be on their side and not having to run around after them. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of that drum team that were so successful in, in the thousands on the team. Anthony, first run out at the weekend against Clare. Were, were you happy just to, to dust off the cobwebs? Uh, I was. It, it was great because like, we had eight, I think it was eight weeks training done. In trials and all that, he's training and to get a match. Uh, we had went to have a match the week before against uh Cork, but it was cancelled because we couldn't get a venue. So finally, to get a run out against Clare and every every fellow that told out got plenty of game time. Um, there was fellas panting after 20 minutes, they were coming off for me to bring them back on. But look at just to get, for the lads to get a run out, put on the limit jersey, get a run out, play as a team together was was a uh, was brilliant and you know, they played well, got a good result. But as I said, we'll focus now again. We've not a match the weekend. Yeah, the match this weekend against Cork, um, on in Gallagher Gales on, on Saturday, two o'clock. I suppose looking for people to come out and support you. Always looking for people to come out and support us, uh, Jack. Um, it's great. Look at these lads are putting an effort in. Like some of them would have would have won a county jersey before at both codes. Um, and they're getting a chance now to represent Limerick again, which is as Morris said, they are for their young kids to see them play, they'll see their dads play football for Limerick, which probably a lot of these fellas thought they wouldn't get a chance again. And they're getting the chance to put on the jersey. Look at all the support we can get, is what is what we look would like. Yeah, it's brilliant to see. Matt, I'll throw it over to you there for a minute. And <clears throat> Anthony, you saw an option. Um, 
a spectacular point scored by 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 Kieran Carey. How is he getting on with the big ball? Um, Matt Kieran is Kieran. Uh, nothing phases him. He does what he does. He comes into training, trains away there. It doesn't matter if it's a light session, a tough session. Kieran is Kieran. He'll give it a hundred percent whenever he goes. And as he said, the first day himself, football wouldn't wouldn't be his first love, but he's getting there. And look at it's duck to water. It's no, there's no fear of Kieran. Tini, obviously that there there's a structure in place for an inter-county series in the Masters. Um, could, could you just outline to our, our, our listeners and our viewers what that structure is and and um, the, the number of games that you would be playing? So, Matt, it's a, a group, it was a group stage at the moment with six matches, with three matches at home, with three matches away. Our first match is away to Waterford on the 6th of May. We're at home to Kerry in Kalidi on the 10th of June, I think it is. I'm oh, no, sorry, the 20 in the May. Sorry, we're in Kiltili, didn't play niche on the 10th of 10th of June. We're away to Westmead. We have um Roscommon in Clahan, and then we're away, our last match then is away to Cork. And the way it goes, then it's in a, lo- a group stage, then and it all depends where you finish in the group in, in the league table. This year, there's 23 teams in it, so it all depends where you finish. You go into either A, B, C, or D. I think this year they've actually bought in the division five. So I think it's just to make sure get that everyone is guaranteed. I think it's an Ireland quarterfinal or a semi-final or something, whatever division you qualify in. Turning to you, Morris, um, um, obviously there's a huge turnout and a huge interest in it, and Jack touched on it there. How, how much uh, of, of, um, of this is players um, refusing to accept maybe that their mainstream careers are over? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I suppose. Yeah, I'm talking about retiring for ten years, uh, and I'm, I'm probably one of the youngest of the of the panel. Um, but um, yeah, G is our life, I suppose. Yeah, um, bred from my father, my brother, all through our family. Um, you come back to me in ten years' time, and I'll probably be still tipping away and and, and trying to retire. But um, yeah, I suppose. What else could we be doing in the evenings? Only watching Carnation Street. It's great to get out, um, meet like-minded people, get onto the football field. Um, I delved in a bit of coaching this year for the first time, and you know what? It's a lot easier to play. Um, I'd rather I, I don't wish Anthony's job on him at all. So it's um, as long as we can, the legs keep moving, and we can still keep playing. Um, yeah, it's great to be out there. It's it's obviously something new, Morris, and uh, you're the is that extra responsibility on you seeing that it's a fledgling event and a fledgling team for Limerick? Extra responsibility, um, yeah. So the, the captaincy obviously is not a course. Um, I'm just happy to be out playing. Um, so I don't know why I'm the captain because there's a lot better players than me on the team. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's great to represent. Limerick, anytime um, to put on the, the county jersey. Um, I played a minor. I didn't play after that. It's great to get a second chance. Um, and there's a lot of lads in the team like that. Then there's also like ex-county guys um, that are coming back for a second bite on the cherry. Um, and first time Masters Limerick football team, yeah. We had a great start last week in our challenge game against Clare. Uh, we're going to take it game by game, not get too ahead of ourselves. Um, each team brings a new challenge. We don't really know what we're facing. Um, 
But um, yeah, hopefully we do the county proud, as proud as the hurlers did us last Sunday. Yeah. How did you get on against Claire Morris? Um, I don't know the exact score, but we won well. Um, no, Claire were grouping probably for one of their first gatherings of the year. We've done a good bulk of work since since late January. Um, so maybe we're slightly ahead of them in our fitness. Um, but we won by, yeah, over 10 points, which was a great day out. Any day you can win is a, a great day out. But I'm sure next Saturday against Cork, we face a new challenge and we could be brought back to earth very, very quick. So um, it's great when you're winning. It's all about enjoyment. But as you know yourself, it's, when you're winning, everything is easier. It's easier going to training, going to the matches. So as I said to Joe McKay, he came off the field last week. Winning is a habit. So hopefully we, we keep going that direction. Uh, but... Yeah, I'm sure Cork next Saturday will bring us back to earth fairly quick. Sorry, it was just one final question to Anthony, um, uh, Jack. Um, are the rules the same as mainstream Gaelic football with regard to the number of substitutes, etc.? Um, at the moment, we it's the rule. The playing rules are the same. Uh, substitutes, it's roll on, roll off. We're waiting for confirmation from. Uh, the top table of how many players we can talk off in a day. Um, I think we're there were waiting last year. There was some teams at 40 fellas talked off on the sideline, and I think that's been cut down. So we don't know how many players we can talk off in a certain day, but hopefully we'll be able to talk off to 36 every day and for the six championship games. And look at I said, we're here to enjoy ourselves, have fun. But when we go out on the pitch, we take it serious to win. As Morris said, they're winning is a habit. And look at this. Hopefully, we'll represent them proud and we'll do ourselves proud. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're doing yourselves and the county proud. Just uh, launch night on Friday in the Woodlands. Uh, what time is that kicking off, Anthony? Just for anyone that's looking to get out and support you. The launch night is on the Woodlands Friday night at half seven. Um, so look at it. Joe McCahey is putting a savage amount of references into this. Um, the special guest coming. I, don't ask me who they are now. I know that there's a sign of special guests coming. Um, I know the chairman of the L or the Limerick or the Gaelic Mass Association from Mayo's coming down, some fellow in Sligo coming down. So look, it's going to be a good night in the woodlands. Um so look, we're looking forward to it. It's a big big night for us. We want to get this out in the out in the track as our first our first year with it. Hopefully, you know, we get a good turnout, good support for the year. And look, we'll, we'll drive on from uh, from Saturday morning in again. Yeah, well, the best luck here on Friday in the Woodlands and also on Saturday against Cork and Galtig Gales. And then obviously the big one, the 6th of May, away to Waterford. Anthony, manager, Morris Connor, captain. Thanks very much for your time, lads. And the best luck for the year going forward. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Thanks very much. Yeah. No, that was uh, Limerick Masters manager, Anthony McCarthy and captain Morris O'Connor. Ahead of a, a busy few few months for the side, the first ever iteration of the Limerick Master side. So we wish them all the best going forward. But I suppose going from football into Camogie, we've another guest, Matt. Now, dear Ryan, manager of the victorious Limerick under 16s Camogie side, winning the first ever Munster A Championship at the weekend. Dear I suppose it's you're a happy man waking up these days after Saturday or Monday's win. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's a uh, it's. Under 16 isn't all about winning or anything like that, but it is great to come out on the right side of a game like that. You know, they're um, we have a great bunch, and it's nice to be successful as well. You know, yeah, and a bit of history with it as well. First, first ever win at the grade, and as you said, it's it's not all about winning, but 
you know, if the players, the players won't think that themselves at 16 L, all they'll want to do is win, and, and that's what they've done. Absolutely, and, and you know, we didn't. Um, I don't think it was something we set out knowing that there was a. It was going to be the first time we we had won a monster championship at A level. That wasn't our goal or anything like that. It was we wanted to be successful, but we didn't know it was our first uh, the first time Limerick had ever won a, a sixteen championship. It was great, you know. It was really really good. And from a player's perspective, of course, they want to they want to be as successful as they can. They're you know they're, we have a very strong group. It's uh, we're able to compete in the A division now in the in the monster and the All Ireland, which isn't always the case with Limerick. And also, look, we're, we're delighted to be there, you know. And I, I suppose for a Limerick Camogie side going to Mel against a Cork Camogie team, you know, it's a daunting enough task. Um, before the game ever started, did you get the impression that the girls were confident going down there? Yeah, well, we played Tipperary in the semi final a couple of weeks ago, and um, you know, we built up a nice lead at half time and kind of just about hung on to it for a finish. And it was a really good game to come through. And you know, over the last couple of years, we've kind of figured this is a strong group, we're able to mix it with the best teams. and we had hoped coming down we would be competitive before the match. I think um, there were certain things that might have thrown the players a bit. There was a big Limerick crowd, which was fantastic for the girls to experience. You know, there, was a, there was a fine, even an awful lot of people who had no connection with the team came down and supported them, which was brilliant. And, um, you know, they got a big cheer when they came out and then there was the anthem was on. So stuff like that, they weren't maybe 100% used to, might have thrown them a small bit. But look, they reacted really well and, and played excellently and, and managed to come out on the right side, you know, which was great. Yeah, you said there might have thrown in a small bit. It was, I suppose, nip and tuck, really, in the first half. But the second half performance is probably, you know, the team that you're used to limiting Cork to just a single point. You must have been very, very happy with that. We're thrilled, yeah. Look, there was there was a fine breeze blowing down the field. We had it in the first half. And to only go in maybe two points up was not part of the plan. It was nearly, you know, we felt that there was more in that breeze. But we knew if we, would st- if we could stick to maybe the... The system we play and and you know bring what we always bring that we would be there at the end and really they even stepped it up above and beyond that in the in the second half they were excellent you know we we got a goal at, at a good time in the second half and then Cork came down they had a a free from the twenty one and look if that had gone in it would have made it an awful lot tighter but it was a, a big turning point in the half you know we drove on from there it was great yeah and you've been with the team now um, for three years following from the 14s have you seen this big progression from them over the years well yeah you know we we started under 14 it was the the first we just come out of the first lockdown we were in the first lockdown in, in covid and you know we maybe um didn't have a whole lot of time with the players and the first ever game we had was actually below in cork and we, we got a nice trimming and we were kind of saying jesus what are we in for here with this but uh the, um you know as soon as we got organized and we got we got together i think we were since then, we've been very, very strong. You know, we've been able to mix it with the, the stronger teams in the in the A grade, which is great. You know, so we knew, um, we knew if we could just bring them along and be organised in in the best way we can, that we'd have a chance no matter who we were playing. You know. Yeah, and I suppose to to be in the A the A grade with the likes of you know Cork and Tipperary, was that always the goal just to be competed at the highest level? Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, it was mentioned to, to myself and another coach running call last year and it was mentioned that look maybe it was something we could do with maybe entering the B and we were saying not a whole for the A because you know there'd be no value in, in us winning the B you know we were strong enough to compete today we, we'd be able to have a good go off it and you know it is nice to be able to compete with the stronger teams we're trying to bring on players that will be able to play with Limerick Senior from Ogie team in, in a few years time and to do that I think it's important to play at the highest level you can you know Yeah well it's been successful so far Matt I'll throw it over to you there 
Um, Dermot, first of all, congratulations um, on, on what was a fantastic performance. I, I'll tell you, I think you would have probably got long odds before the semi-final um, when your path was that you go to Tipperary first of all in the semi-final. And if you won, you went to Cork. So um, I, I think that was a fair achievement. Um, and there, there, you move on now to an All-Ireland series, uh, Dermot. You might just uh, explain to us what, what happens from here. What's the path forward now? Yeah, so there, there are six teams in the, the top division in the All-Ireland Series. Our first game is away to Cork again, um, probably down the Camogie Browns in, in Cork, which will be a, a longer spin than Mallow even. And look, we'll be up against it. There'll be a target on our backs after winning Munster. You know, but at the same time, there's no weak team in that division. So um, it's up to us now to see can we drive it on and, and be competitive in that grade as well. You know. In in your panel, looking at your panel, um. um... Damn it! There, there, there are some very, very interesting connections. I'm, I'm talking about Grace Hegarty, possibly Sophia, Carey, Rachel O'Grady, and a certain Caitlin Ryan. Yeah, absolutely, and there's others there as well. You know, and there's there's an awful lot of players have uh, connections that with with current and past players of Molly Tobin and Brian Tobin there as well, and Emer Donovan, her, her brother, I think, is captain of Limerick Twenty Ten there. So it's um, you've a lot of connections, but I think. This team that they're kind of they're keen to forge their own identity there, and they're they're happy enough to to go on their own backs. You know, there's no there's no relying on names or, or clubs or anything like that. They've really they've driven it on themselves, which is great. You know. Yeah, so it's 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 all shoulders to the wheel now for the next couple of weeks in preparation for that rematch with Cork. Yeah, absolutely. Look, it's um we've taken a break this week. Now we we've kind of had a tough few months worth of training with some some um. Some tough sessions over the last while. Played a lot of challenge matches. So we'll take a break. We'll enjoy the the, the Munster Championship win and we'll be back hard next week and, and have a go after the next couple of weeks. And, and look, we've we've five games. I think if we win three of them, we'll be into semi or win two or three of them, we'll be into semi final. And that's definitely the goal to try to get to the knockouts again. You know, and see how we go. In terms of Limerick Komogi, um, it, it's a hugely important win. Absolutely, you know it's. Um, I know the the senior team got relegated last year and, and had a great result against Offaly the last day to, to stay up. And the junior team have had a, a tough start, but you'd be hoping they'll pull together as well. But it is great for for Limerick Cowongi to have teams that can compete at the highest level with the, with the teams that are at the the highest level, you know. And we'd be hoping we we think there's an awful lot of players in this panel that will drive it on. I suppose it is worth noting as well that you know it is a strong age group it's a you know the under 16 b team had a great win at the weekend as well down in tipperary in their monster semi-final they're into a monster final as well and that's kind of indicative that you know there is a really strong bunch there you know there's there's 50 or 60 really strong players and, and maybe even a couple of others that aren't playing with the county panel for whatever reason that, that could contribute but it's a strong it's a strong age group which is great for limerick Camogie, as you say you know that's it from me jack best of luck in the all island series Dermot. thanks Matt. Yeah, and, and I'll echo that. And I suppose it, it there's good omens for Limerick Camogie that um, I suppose the minor team, Matt, and we spoke about it from 2014, you know, have backboned an awful lot of success for Limerick. They obviously won the intermediates that year as well. So please, God, Dermot, you, you and your team can can follow in those footsteps. But I suppose all aboard um, the, the train for, for Cork next month in the first round of the Championship. But enjoy, enjoy the victory. They don't come around very often. First time ever for Limerick. Uh, well done to you and your players. And thanks a million for joining, Dermot. No matter. Thanks, lads. And Thanks, Dammit. Take care. Thank you.
Uh, Dermot Ryan, Limerick under-16s camogie manager after they won the Munster A Championship. Matt, a huge achievement. Um, it, it's fair to say these things don't come around very often. As we said, first time for Limerick. And, you know, I mentioned that team from 2014 uh, and you've spoken at, at, at great, great lengths and don't want to put pr- pressure on players that are only 16 years of age. But, you know, Limerick camogie has shown that if there's a good crew to come through, they can, you know, make hay while, while the sun shines. Ah, yeah, but look, this, this is, is fantastic. And, and um, you know, I, I think Dermot nailed it there in, in, in terms of its putting it into context for, for, for Limerick Camogie and the future for Limerick Camogie. Like, and um, look, it, it we're aware of an awful lot of work being done at, 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 um, at, at ground level in, 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 in Limerick Camogie. And this is the first real dividend of, of that work, the first real product of it. So, it's it's fantastic, and it 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 will only act as a catalyst for more. I feel, Jack, and it will it, it will help to drive on the various underage groups when when they see with a bit of work, a bit of organisation, what can be achieved. And um, like it's congratulations to the lads; they've stuck with them for three years, and um, they have got their reward. And we wish them the very best to look in the All Ireland series. And I have no doubt in this medium that we we we, we will be tracking their progress. Yeah, we definitely will, and I'll echo that congratulations as well. Look, it's it's brilliant to see any any Limerick team win, and you know the Camogie. It's been it's been an up and down year across the board, but I suppose that win for for the seniors against Offaly might just be the turning point. You have Tinder Sixteens now as well, and he mentioned the B side as well going well, so maybe that's the the turning point. For Limerick, Camogie. If, I, if I was ever really nervous going to a match, Jack, I, 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 I was rarely as nervous as I was going to the Limerick and Offaly game this year. Um, because I, I sort of couldn't countenance that Offaly would send us packing um, down for a second year in a row. But um, I was, Jack, I was pleased with the very, obviously very pleased with the result, but I was far more pleased altogether with the performance, Jack. Yeah. You know, that, that that I think was crucial, and um, it's not just winning it; it's the way they won it. And and um, you know, I, I was saying to myself, coming home, how in the name of God have they? Uh, how did they find themselves in this position? You know, and, and like we want to see more of the same and and an improvement going forward into the championship. But you know, when when they're pitted against Offaly again, against Antrim, and against Waterford, and um, I'd be quite hopeful that they're going to do well in that group, Jack. Yeah, we'll be hopeful, and they've shown that they can they can live with the best of them. Um, it's where they go from here. You're looking to continue that improvement. Don't dwell on winning Munster. Keep going. Uh, there's there's a plenty of good side there. Um, staying with the underage ranks and going back to football for a minute, Matt, and we will get to Hurland. We'll we'll finish off with with a good section on Hurland. But uh, the Limerick under twenties, um. There's, there's, there's no point saying otherwise that they got their campaign after a good start because if they didn't, they were out. And whether that's right or wrong, there's no back door in the under-20s football. That's for another day. But got the job done against uh, Waterford. Far from convincing, I think it's fair to say, um, two six to six points in Ballet Grand. Uh, goals from David Chennessy and Aaron Neville, which we've obviously we've seen them with our clubs. Ballyseen, Newcastle, respectively. Um and I think Shane Kelly alluded to it afterwards, Matt, that, you know, they're constantly learning and, and they'd learn from that. You know, it wasn't a great performance, but they got the job done. 
they got the job done, and that's that's what the first round is all about, Jack. Especially when it's a knockout, um, and then they move on now to a tougher test, and that's a, as it should be in a knockout competition. That the, as you move on, that the tests get tougher. Um, but I suppose they don't come much tougher than having to travel to Cork and down to Parker Inn next, next Monday evening. Um, but I, I have no doubt that they will be they they will have benefited considerably from the from the game against Waterford and they they will take quite a bit out of it, and probably take a bit out of the Liam O'Connor Cup now. Um, Cork were involved, John in uh, uh, Jack in in the John Cairns Cup, and um, it. They they drew um, they they drew with leash in the first round in Parky Cueve. Um they, they suffered a heavyish defeat to Galway and Canvara in the second round and beat Ross Common by a point in, in the final round. Um so they didn't make it to the knockout stage of, of the John Cairns Cup. And it, it might suggest that Cork mightn't be as good as usual, but that there's no such thing as a bad Cork on the twenty football team or on the 20 hurling team for that matter. So, look, the, it, Limerick are going to be up against it. I, I just say all that just to contextualise it and to what yeah. Limerick might be facing. But they're, they're facing a formidable challenge on Monday night and, they, I, you know, they will do exceptionally well to come out of it. Uh, Limerick haven't won in the Munster Under-20 Football Championship in Cork since the year 2000. When they, so that's when the last year they won it, though. That's the other one. If they beat Cork in the semi-final, they shocked Cork in the semi-final, and um, it, it um, went on and won the Munster Championship. Went on and beat Westmeath in the All Ireland semi-final, and I suppose met a team for the edges when they met Tyrone, um, captained by the late Carl McAnellan in the All Ireland final in Mullingar. But you know, we'd love to recapture those days again. Um, yeah. But you know the the next turtle, the f- first turtle is over. Whatever they're out of the way, they're beaten. Um, uh, the next turtle is Cork, and it's a far more formidable hurdle. And w- we just hope and wish them the best of luck in Cork on Monday evening. Yeah, we do, and it could be could be a case of just you know maybe a bit of nerves. They would have been heavy favourites after getting to the Liam O'Connor Cup final. You know there probably was a bit a bit of pressure, so they've got that game under their belt, which is an advantage that that Cork won't have. Last year, now Cork did prove too strong, but there's some really nice players on that on that Limerick team. I mentioned Davy yeah. and Aaron Neville, Emmett Richter. You know, missed the start with injury. Phenomenal footballer, he was brilliant. Got a nice score. Darren Murray is looking more like himself every game. The likes of Zach McCarthy making um, an impact off the bench. There's so many more. So Shane Kelly and his side, I guarantee you that they'll be training hard this week, and and they'll be confident. I don't think Shane goes into any game. Um, expecting to lose so look we'll wish them the best of luck and please god they can get the result uh, next Monday evening Parky Ren at 7 o'clock the game will be live on Munster JTV for anyone that can't attend and then look, they, 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 their attitude is good they're not putting too much pressure on themselves which is which is a good thing um, they've got their win they're going to take a learn they're going to learn from, from that particular win against Waterford like because they were damned if they do, and they, they, they were damned if they don't in that particular game. Because, like Waterford's credentials coming into the game through the Andrew Carden Cup were very, very poor. Three straight defeats to Wicklow, uh, Wexford, and Carlow. While while Slimerick had 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 a decent had a decent um, uh, Lee O'Connor Cup campaign, and I suppose there was a weight of expectation in in, in on Limerick. But Jack, 
Um, we cannot forget either like that the, the, the conditions were very challenging. Now, all right, they were very, very challenging for both sides, but like challenging conditions like that, it, 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 it's a great evener, you know, it, it, it evens up things. So as, yeah. as we saw in, in, in the Monster Minor Hurling Championship uh, down in Dungavan, and incidentally talking about Dungavan, um, the, the Waterford Clare game was called off um, 15 minutes before it was due to throw in in Dungavan last night. Yeah, um, and uh, they're so playing I, I, I well the 20s. How, how, how Limerick and, and Waterford got the green light? No, yeah, the, the, know, we, it, we it, apparently it's the referee's decision. I think that's unfair. That that, that the referee. Yeah, it's unfair for. Referee. It's unfair when it's when it's Clare and Waterford that are so far away from each other. Yeah. Should have been called earlier. If there's any sort of, you know, indication that it could could go, just pull it. But look, that's we're we're not here to be. No, we're not. Clare, Waterford, we're, we're, we're not here. We're not here to be talking about Clare and Waterford. It's, this yeah. is treaty talking. We're here to talk about them, Rick. But. Yeah, and um, we have so much. It, we have it, so much to it, talk it, about. In, it has a connection um, with Limerick, and that that's that's why I mention it. I know. Um, but moving from the twenties to the minors, Matt, they obviously get their campaign underway this Thursday at seven as well in McNeville Park. Also live on Munster GA TV. John Ryan named his side last night. Obviously, for a personal note, there was two Ballystine uh, lads on it. So well done to to Sam and to Porrick. Um, named the halfback in corner forward, but a nice team, completely different to last year's team. I think Aidan O'Shea is, is the only one um, left for, remaining from last year's side. He's he's in midfield. Um, I think Evan Curry, his midfield partner, might have been there last year as well. I'm not too sure. But for the minors, like the 20s, there's second chances there. They'll play Watford, Tip and Clare. The top two will play in a final. They'll both go through to play either Kerry or, or Cork. Kerry and Cork will meet. And they'll play the runners-up of the Phase 1. And the winners of the Phase 1 will play the losers of Cork and Kerry. Sounds convoluted, but actually a very good system, Matt. And Limerick got to the final last year. Um, and I think it was straight knockout last year. This year, both finalists got through, I'm fairly sure. But again, you look at Watford as the weakest team. So John Ryan's side will be keen to get off to a good start. Yeah, no, it, it, it's much the same as, as last year, Um in that that um, Limerick are playing Tipperary in the first round again, you know, um, and like Limerick lost to Tipperary in the first round last year, and but, but bounced back with very good wins over Clare and and Waterford to make it to to the phase one final. Now Tipperary had had an exceptionally strong team last year when you compare it with those in the so-called weaker group, phase one group, and um, like you know. They, they 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 defeated Limerick in the final down in Mallow, and um, this year is a new year. And your right hand O'Shea is 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 the, he's the captain. He's from Kappa, he, um, Kappa Rakeel. He's 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 the only survivor from last year. And of course, he's on a bit of a streak now at the moment because he he was he was a key member of the Colossian and the Trocra team that won the All Ireland D hurling colleges not too not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago, which we were lauding. And which whom we had in here, um, but um, very very hard to make a judgment on minors on the first day out, Jack. Yeah, very 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 difficult. But there'll be no doubt that Tipperary would be pretty strong. And um, you know, if Limerick followed up with a trip a trip to Milltown Malbe, 
and uh, before completing the program when water would come to uh, McNeville Park. Yeah, it, it's, it'll be an interesting one. Tipperary are generally good at underage. They pushed that very talented Clare 20s team all the way uh, on Monday evening as well. So there's obviously, whatever's happened with the senior ranks in Tipperary, the, the underage is, is still working a treat. But, you know, it, as shown last year, you know, you can start with a loss and then regroup. But it'd be, it'd be good for John Ryan and the team to get off to win. And, and that's what we're hoping for this Thursday. But as you said, it's it's, it's hard to talk about a team that we, we haven't seen yet. So the best of luck to, to John and his side this Thursday evening at McNeville Park against Tipperary at 7pm uh, live on Munster JTV if you if you can't make it. Um, we've just... And before, before, before we finish on minor, Jack, before we... we... Before our next podcast, the my hurlers are out next Tuesday night. Yes. When when course, they yeah. when they take on when they take take on Tipperary and Tudless. Now um it, it, it of course Tipperary are, are defending Munster and All Ireland champions and um their backs are to the wall at the moment because they've lost the Clare in the first round and they've lost the Cork in the second round. So they're 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 in they're in their last chance at, at this stage. Um Anything but a win over Limerick, and and it's out. Whilst whilst Limerick had a, that win over Waterford in those difficult conditions in Dungarvan, and they, they had a good win over Clare in 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 the second round. So I I, I think Evan Locke and his men, his men will go to um with will go to Torlas on 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 Tuesday evening with no little confidence, and and well placed confidence at that, um because. Certainly, another, from, another from the two games, I I thought there was considerable and very measurable improvement, not notwithstanding the difficult conditions in round one. But I thought Limerick looked a much much slicker outfit altogether when they played yeah. there in round two, and I I I think I'd be disappointed um, if if Limerick don't get the job of qualifying for the knockout stages of of the championship um, done on 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 um, on next Tuesday night. And it would be important while they're going well to keep that going because you know if you went to if you went to Cork or if you welcomed Cork in the final round needing a win, we had said that Cork do look um, a formidable threat. So get the job done early and you can throw the shackles off for the last round and then please God there's a monster final to come. But yeah, the best look to, to Evan Loftus and his side. We won't be talking again before they play next Tuesday um in Turles again, seven o'clock live on Munster J T V. So if you can't if you can't make it, uh, you'll be able to watch it online. Um, and and while we're on hurling, Matt, um, obviously it was it was the main talking point of the weekend. Limerick dominant without ever hitting anywhere near the, the higher gears on Sunday afternoon in Parky Queeve. It finished two twenty to fourteen points. I think Limerick got maybe two points in the last ten minutes or so. Um, hit. 15 second half wides um, really took whatever throttle they had pressed in the first half, they took their leg completely off it in the second and still cruised to victory. <laughs> what do you say about this team, Matt, that hasn't already been said? I, I, I just don't know, Jack. Um, you know, I, I, I have been sticking to the word awesome and um, like it, past that. I, I, I don't know how, how many degrees of awesome you can get and um, but you know, it, it, it was just a phenomenal performance. Like, um, team going into a national final, the second most important final in in, in the calendar. 
and you're hit with a body blow um, before the game with the with the withdrawal of of um, Declan Hannon through illness and um, Kyle Hayes through um, through injury. Like those that came in, Jack, you know, Colin Coughlin and Mike Casey, they just seamlessly fitted in. Um, it, it 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 would give you an idea of the strength. Um, the, the strength of this Limerick team. Now, Dan Morrissey, who was originally selected to play at fullback, moved out to centre-back. Um, had a fantastic game out there. Um, Mike Casey had to... I'm, I'm saying this now just to, to, to give you a sense of the bounty of riches that's at John Kiley's disposal. Mike Casey had to, had to go for a HIA after um, about 10 minutes of the second half. He had to come off. Richie English came in, seem as a seamless introduction again, um, just business as usual. Um, like, I, I, I just don't know. Your last I, I, words. You know, um, you, I, I don't think they got out of first gear. I, but having said that, I was hugely disappointed with Kilkenny. And um, one one of the real positives that I took out of out of Cork on Sunday. Um, first of all, of course, delighted with the Limerick win and and um, uh, 14th National League title and the third in five years. But I, I was delighted with the, with the performances of Alan Gillan and, and Seamus Flanagan, mm. who showed real signs of coming back to to um, uh, to their top form. And they gave the Walshers a bit of a torrid um, a torrid hour on Lee side um, last Saturday or last Sunday evening, and. Um, but overall, um, as I said, I was disappointed with Kilkenny. Um, but you know, having said that, they were they were literally overpowered, and like uh, Kilkenny and all the other counties that are in the in the, in the um, Lee McCarthy Cup were hoping that Kilkenny would make a statement and and um, see if they if if Kilkenny, you know, the masters of finals. If if they could if if they could find cracks in the Limerick armor, but not a bit of it, Jack, not a bit of it. Um, um, th this was far more comprehensive in in um, than than the semi final. Um, in many ways, there were there were periods of the game that mirrored the second half against Tipperary, um, like the defence, um, you know, so mean. Meanest defense in 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 in, oh, in in the country, um, like you know Sean Finn, Barry Nash, um, up up up, um, scoring a goal. He's back in position for the puck out in case he came down that direction. Dermot Burns, like five points from half back, um, this this is phenomenal stuff, Jack. This is off the charts. Yeah, you you talk about um the defense being mean. I don't know, is it is it meaner having to mark Sean Finn at one side and not get a sniff of ball, or to mark Barry on the other side and having to trail him and trail him unsuccessfully, and he scores one one on you. <laughs> I don't know. It's a case of pick your poison there, and, and like in, I was listening to a few podcasts this week. It a few years ago, it was gone to the stage of you have to mark Limerick's wingbacks, Jamie Burns and Kyle Hayes. Now you have to man mark their cornerbacks. Yes, like I have, absolutely. Know, what what do you what, how how does a team come up against Limerick? And if you're would say it'll be Davy Fitz the first the first round, and you say to Desi, 
I want a good few scores from you from play, but I want to make sure that, you know, Barry Nash or Sean Finn don't struggle to get one as well, you know? Yeah, look, Jack, Grafer Hurling Mind and me, Bar Grafer Hurling Mind and me have all failed, like even the like of Brian Cody has have failed. Um, the, the, the list is getting longer all the time. And, and, um, uh, I, I, I just don't know. I, you know, um, certainly I, I suppose the placing of Hugh Lawler at, at center half back for Kid Kenny was probably a mistake. Um, I, I thought, yeah, uh, I, I think I, in I, a I way he was, sad, he was sadly missed in the full back line, 100%. Um, and that's obviously something that Kilkenny will look to in uh, go, going forward. But like, there's so many things to look to, you know. And um, expecting TJ Reid to come back, and he will come back and, and, and be the Messiah to lift him. Maybe he will, but I, I, I think he has a huge job of work from what I saw last week. And uh, yeah, because they were equally porous at the back as they were blunt going forward. I do give an awful lot of credit to Limerick with how they defended and, you know, how they dominated them. But it's not a case of, you know, they scored a lot but conceded more or that they, you know, didn't score enough but kept it low. You know, it was an 11-point hammering without Limerick ever really hitting their stride. And it's it's worrying for the likes of Waterford that are next up that if that was Limerick in the league, what will they be like in the championship? And it brings me to this question too, Matt. We've obviously been so blessed. Four All-Irelands, four Munsters, three leagues in five years. But is is this the best Limerick team we've seen so far in that period? The, the current, the, this year's team you're talking about. Yeah, right, 2023. I, poss- I, I, I possibly think it is, Jack. I, po- I, I possibly think it is. Now, um, you know, and we haven't spoken at all about the, the master, yeah. Keen Lynch. Yeah. He didn't score. He's no good. <laughs> you know, but um, he certainly was involved in an awful lot of things, you know, an awful lot of good things. Um, yeah. You know, and we won an All-Ireland. Look, Jack, the answer is simple. We won an All-Ireland last year without Keen Lynch. We have him this year. And we have Peter Casey this year. It has to be the best team. Yeah, but even, you know, like Colin Coughlin, you didn't miss Hayes at all or Dan Morrissey at wing back equally in front of him, Carl O'Neill. Tom Morris, he wasn't missed that much. We'd know Will and, and Barry Murphy, who I don't know anyone would have put Barry Murphy at midfield at the start of the year. And Barry did his usual, you know, and he's really pushing for, for a starting place. And you mentioned Keane and Peter were back. You know, I think 2021 was their peak, but I wouldn't be surprised if they surpassed this. And we'll know very soon because we do have championship coming up. But they're, you know, they're just an, an incredible team at... And uh, I think we we'll, we'll, we'll we'll, we'll have a hot seven days coming up with Waterford and Clare. Yeah, you know, so it'll be it'll be interesting. But another thing is, if if I had said to you before the game, obviously William was ruled out before the game. That that's fine. If you said Declan Hannon and Kyle Hayes were going to late withdrawals, and that Grote, Hegarty, Keen Lynch, and Percasey wouldn't score, I don't think you would give me an eleven point victory somehow. But this team, regardless of the obstacle that is put in front of them. They're gonna go out and beat you. I think. I think when there's obstacles put in front of them, and when 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 there are men down in the circumstances, I think it galvanizes the rest of them. Yeah, and I can imagine. I can imagine training this week because you know the likes of Will Donahue, he's not going to be guaranteed of his place. He's going to be 
you know, hitting the ground running, Kyle the same, Tom didn't start, that the training, I imagine, will be absolutely ferocious over, over the next week and should only make Limerick better, which is a scary prospect. It's absolutely scary prospect. But look, Jack, I, I, I will always put a, put a note of, uh, put a note of caution. Um, the championship, and I think John Kiley was at pains to put that note of caution as well uh, after the match. Um, uh, the, the championship is a different animal, Jack. It is, and you know, teams will be will be going. Watford will probably have looked at Limerick since before the league started, but they've had three, four weeks now to really look at Limerick, and Davy is quite innovative. Innovative. So, if there is someone to put a halt on Limerick, you know it could come in the first round. But as you said, if you put an absolute in their way, God forbid they lost. Like I think the, the repercussions for their team. I don't think anyone would like to see Watford beat Limerick in Munster because you can guarantee you'll get a response from from Kylie in the side, and it would probably be very difficult to overhaul him um, in terms of the teams coming down the line. But uh, that that was the league, Matt. Um, it was an interesting league. It was it was good. Actually, look, it, put, it got off to a bad start with the defeat by Park. It was an unlucky defeat. Um, but look, there, there was a lot of positives to take out of that defeat. In that, you know, uh, it was basically a, essentially a, an experimental Limerick team. Uh, there was a lot of people tried out on on, the, on that first night against Cork, and they only lost um, by a last minute point to to Shane Kingston. Like I suppose, you know, they learned the lesson from it because they uh, were comfortably ahead at halftime by eight points, I think, and and sort of lost their whale in the second half and conceded a couple of goals and that sort of thing. And um but you know, what in the end were only beaten by a point. But you know, after that their league campaign took off. Now it, it wasn't it wasn't a great league and not just yeah. you know, it, it didn't have a great final. Wasn't a great league, but we did make the point here, um, in terms of the league that we felt, and I, 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 I'm convinced of it actually that that Limerick came out of a much stronger group in the league. Um, yeah. uh, the the Limerick group was tougher, no, no question about it. Um, and we saw that now because the two teams they faced the two teams that came out from the other side, and like. You know they were comfortable winners over both of them, so I think that was borne out. Yeah, and I suppose but as I only... said, John Kirby would be parking the league now. There'll be no more talk about the league um, because yeah. you, you know Waterford won the league and won it spectacular, a spectacular final last year, an excellent final. You know, and flopped in the in the Munster Championship. Yeah, I know, but the Slimmer team have have proven to us so many times that they're so reliable. Um, I suppose the only All Ireland contender, and that's with the greatest respect to the likes of Dublin and Antrim, that the only one they didn't play was Waterford. They'll have played them. They'll have played them in a, in a week and a half's time. You know, from what we have seen, who is the closest to Limerick? Now we would have said Kilkenny, and I think they will be a different animal come Championship. But um, in terms of what we've seen so far this year, who's the closest? Galway and Tipperary. Both of them. Tipperary are coming. Yeah, I I don't know. I I think Galway, I think Galway and Kilkenny, I, I think are, are the closest to Limerick. Like 
There's only five points in the game in Salt Hill, but again, Limerick completely is off the throttle. They could have hammered them if they want. And I think there was a there was a big case that with Limerick this year. They beat what was in front of them. Um, they racked up heavy leads and then stepped off the gas. And maybe it was a case of not showing their hand, or they knew they did enough enough done. But I think the gap from one to two is a lot bigger than the gap from two to eight or nine. You know, which is another scary prospect. For, for Limerick. He's a scary prospect. Um, and the three to come out of Munster. I'm going to come to you again next week, but right now, the three to come out of Munster. Limerick, Tip and Cork. Limerick, Tip and Cork. I think I, I agree with you with Cork, obviously Limerick. I, I still have a, I have a feeling for Watford. I think there's something up their sleeve, but how couldn't you make the case for Clare either with uh, Mr. Tony Kelly to come through? So, it, it's it's a really intriguing championship to come along. Um, we'll look at it in depth next week. Um, but before we go from the league, Matt put up a poll yesterday. Um, just looking for who people thought was the player of the league. Um, just under a thousand responses. Who is your top three? And we'll see. Do they do the, you agree with the people? Limerick's best performer over the course of the league. Well, my my top three would be Barry Nash, uh, Dermot Burns, and Tom Morrissey. Okay, they they agree with you in two. If you it, number one is Barry Nash, is it? Yeah, I I I, I, I look. I, I I thought he was simply magnificent, and like uh, I, I, all he did last time, there was more of the same. Like he, he you know. Yeah, I, me, I I think he I think he's been incredible, absolutely incredible. For me, I think the the player of the league, uh, he missed the semi final, which will go against him, was Dara Donovan. Um, yeah, Dara, Dara think... had a fantastic um, had a fantastic league, very very consistent as well. But you see, when you're talking about the Limerick team, like and um, you know, I, when you were saying to me there a, a couple of a week ago, the best five, I said make that twenty five, you know. Well, we're, we're coming to that in the next segment, Matt, so get ready. But top three at the moment, um, Barry's in front, followed by Tom, and then uh, Dara is in third. But there's so many responses, and you could make a genuine case for anyone because the Limerick team is just so good. And uh, there's players popping from everywhere. You know, it doesn't matter if there's injuries or flus or suspensions. You know, the juggernaut just keeps rolling. And... Uh, a long wait last as we look forward to the championship, but looking forward to the championship, Matt. And we did it last year. I think it might have been during the championship, but this year we'll revisit our Limerick MVPs, most valuable players. Not necessarily the best, but so from my understanding is who are the key components for Limerick to function. Now, narrowing that to five is a really tank tankless job. Um, a difficult well, job. Your league. I suppose. I presume you're basing it on the league. Yeah, to an extent, I suppose. League. Yeah, league and league are, are, and maybe. Are, are, are you making a general statement? Because there's a difference. Um, I, I don't know. <laughs> I threw down so many names, but I don't know what I, I was just looking at the players and how good they were. But I think what I was looking at over the course of maybe the last two or three, I suppose, since the Ireland run started. Uh, and looking forward into this year's championship, who do I think Limerick need the most on the field at any given time? Now, 
you know, everyone can have an off day and all of them can have an exceptionally good day. But for me, it was who probably makes them tick the most. Now, to be fair, there's probably 12 or 13, 14, 15 guaranteed to start. It's very hard to see who breaks into the team. But that's my thinking. Who are the main men in terms of making Limerick Limerick? Now, your criteria might be different, but that's what we're here to debate. Um, I'll run through uh, last year's list from 2022. We both had Nicky Quaid, both had Will Donahue, both had Keane Lynch, I had Garot, Hegarty and Declan Hannan, and you had Barry Nash and Seamus Flanagan as your other two. So that's where we differentiated. Um, and, and this year, it's... It, <laughs> I don't know what way I might we might do it live, we might see, but I think we'll both agree on the men and he wears number one. I think we'll both agree with that Nicky Quaid. Um and I saw an article during the week that said he is the most irreplaceable player. Um and he's also he doesn't have his usual backup. Dave McCarthy is a fine goalkeeper, but just doesn't have the experience that Barry Hennessy had. So I think even Nicky is more important now. Than he was, and we did, did this twelve months ago. But I'm sure we both have Nicky in there. Oh, definitely, no question about it. Yeah, we had a uh, we had Joe on last week, and he was talking about the strides Nicky has has made. And you know, we've spoken at length about Nicky. But is is it fair to say he's Limerick's greatest goalkeeper? Um, of all time. Yeah, yeah. Look, Limerick have had great goalkeepers in the past, and you know, and including Joe, who was in with us last week. Like, but ah, uh, what Nicky has achieved has been simply phenomenal. He's he's brought the whole goalkeeping thing to a new level, Jack. Absolutely new level. Who'll ever forget that that clearance to Tom Morrissey in 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 the semi final and Tom sending it over the bar? You know, he's. His appreciation of what's on and what's not on and what's happening, the whole into the field, absolutely, simply phenomenal. And, and to pinpoint it to where Tom Morrissey was going to be, you know, <laughs> that look, that's only a snapshot, Jack. But, but yeah. look, irreplaceable, indispensable. Yeah. And you know, he was one of the he was one of three that started that. All Ireland quarter final against Kilkenny in, in 2012. He came on the panel when when the strike was happening. Like, you know, Nicky Quaid's career will be remembered for for all that he won, but he will have spent probably by the time he retires half his career, you know, in the doldrums, seeing Limerick at the lowest of lows, and he's so deserving to be there at the highest of highs, and so integral. Probably doesn't get appreciated uh, as much as he does because, as we said last year, he never makes a mistake. So. You know, it's it's very easy to point out someone's mistakes. It's probably harder to point out when they do something sec- exceptional in goals. But he is just Mister Consistency, always eight or nine out of ten, if not ten out of ten. But oh yeah, absolutely, Jack. But but, but that that's his 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 inter county career. Do not forget his career with Effen. Yeah, like he he was central to Effen going places where Effen had never gone before. They won the, the Limerick Junior Championship for the first time. They followed it up the following year by winning the Limerick Intermediate Championship. And not only that, they went on and won the Munster t- Clubs Championship. Nicky Quaid was centre-back, the outstanding performer and all that. 
and we saw last year again when they won the the uh, county intermediate championship and Effen, you know and they're drawn from a strictly rural club jack and uh, you know um they, they they mixed it with the big boys when they went up senior they survived at senior level for four years and Nicky Quaid was one of the was one of the main reasons why they did. Yeah. Like this, 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 this man has had an absolutely phenomenal career, you know. And um, you know, I've spoken about this before, you know, about his contribution. You know, we we know what his contribution to Limerick, and we we, we know what his contribution um, to to Effin. I've just outlined it there, Jack. There's another side to him. His contribution to the game, to the association off the field, is simply unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, an, an, absolute, an absolute gentleman, brilliant goalkeeper, brilliant man, brilliant player. Um, blessed to have him and have had him for 13 years now. And uh, it'll be it'll be a sad day when uh, when Nicky finally um, hangs up the boots. But hopefully it's. It's not any time uh, near in the future. Um, give us your, your second name, Matt. Uh, uh, they're not in order, but just we have the cut five. Um, Declan Hannon. Yeah, and, and a change from last year that um, I had him and you didn't have him, but obviously in the he, he is crucial. Why did you pick him? Because ab- absolutely, um, you know, um, like... It, Every day he goes out and we have this man of the match thing and all that sort of thing. He, he, he could be named man of the match most days. But he, he, yeah. he, he makes the game look so simple. And, you know, he does difficult things and make, makes him look simple. But Jack, his leadership is absolutely incredible. And, um, like, he, he, you know, um, like his contribution to Limerick over the years you know, you don't be a four-times All-Ireland winning captain for nothing, Jack. Like, yeah. that, that in itself is a phenomenal achievement. But what he has achieved as a hurler on the field um, is, is, is is simply phenomenal. And like Nicky Quaid, you know, when when when, when um, Declan Hannon decides to call time, there is going to be a gap. Yeah, for me... That would be very hard to feel, Jack. I wrote Nark last year to... Was he Limerick's greatest ever player? And when I say greatest, I suppose it's, it's in terms of career, longevity, talent, obviously, leadership. When you when you bottle it all into one, you know, there's a very strong case to say Declan is Limerick's greatest um, ever player. Obviously, so talented, but came in with a lot of pressure, Matt. You know, heralded on that Arts Gallery side. I think he was made his Limerick debut shortly after he's leaving cert, if not before, again, went through those, those barren years. Um, that day against Clare in the All-Ireland semi-final, it just didn't go his way. Like, he was 21 or two at the time, you know, and to respond how he has. And I think he might be, uh, alongside Keane Lynch, maybe Limerick's most unique player in the, the set of skills he has. Um, in terms of playing that role number six, and like we've seen Dan Marsky do it, and we've seen Kyle do it, but he's a different kind of player. You know, we've we've brilliant players all over the field, but he's very different, I think, in how he 
approaches the game upstairs. I don't think there's anyone on Declan Hannon's intelligence levels on the field. So often the ball just comes to him, and that's not by fluke. That is reading of the game, and in terms of his reading of the game, he knows when he has to get up the field and score. He mightn't score every game, but when he does, it's generally an All-Ireland final or a Munster final or in Crow Park, you know, just incredible player. I'm all the time saying, Jack, it's more than a coincidence that um, the All-Ireland semi-final we lost in 2019, last of when he was off the field. I have no doubt whatsoever if Declan Hannon was on the field, we'd have had a different result. Yeah, we could be, we could be looking at a, a six in a row or a five in a row um, this year. Or could have been six in a row, yeah. But look, that's for history books. But both have um, Declan Hannon in there. Uh, my third name, looking at here, and I had him last year as well. We both had him, Keen Lynch. Now, you could make the case that they won in All-Ireland without Keen, but in terms of the performances, when you compare 2020 and 2021 and the first five months this year to 2022, there definitely was a drop-up or drop-off. Um, Tom Morrissey said he's the, the best player in, in the country. Um, I don't think there's any doubt in that. Keen Lynch... So key and arguably the key man in the entire Limerick operation. I agree totally with you. I've got into trouble over things I've said about Keen Lynch and, and none of them are derogatory, believe it or not. But I, I, I hold the view that Keen Lynch is the best hurler of all time. I, I, I'm convinced of it. And and um, like he, all right, he was missing for a lot of last year. Most of last year, he got injured against Waterford. Um, but you know he, he's he's back after a serious injury, and it's like as if he was never away. And you, you mentioned earlier on there in our cast that he didn't score against Kilkenny. Jack, he, he he was crucial in the second goal, which which um, you know he 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 picked out the position of Seamus Flanagan, and um, like it, it was a sublime bit of bit, bit bit of skill on his part, and and uh, Seamus Flanagan and Alan Gilland did the rest. And and um, look, I, I've said it all before. Yeah, I I think with Keane ever outside of his scoring, like he he assisted two five in the first half of the All Ireland final in twenty one, and scored five to make it six in this in the second half. I mean, he had two men of the match performances in the one All Ireland final. Um, now I know Peter Casey will have something to say about that, but for me. What's nearly most impressive is he's always an outlet. You know, if if Burns or Hannon or Hayes or Morrissey, Will Donahue, Dar Donovan, Tom Morrissey, Hegarty, if any of them are trouble, he is always open. Even if he's marked by two or three men, he'll he'll stick out that right paw and he'll invariably catch us. Genius with the ball, genius without um leader as well. You know, captain on the day, lifted a trophy. He was captain for the 2020 Munster Hurling League. You know, he seems to be the next in line for whenever Declan calls it a day, but probably will go down as Limerick's greatest. Very good chance he'll go down as the greatest of all time. Could be a third hurler of the year loading this year Um, because he'll be desperate to make an impact after last year. Keen Lynch uh, is in both of our Limerick hurling MVPs top five. Um, Your fourth one? Dermot Burns. You know, Burns, raining harder the year. Um, yeah. I suppose, why'd you pick that? Look, look, Jack, a, a, a wing back that gives you a scoring return like he does um, uh, is, is it's only part of the story because 
he is an absolutely phenomenal defender. Yeah, you, you know, he you never see his man doing doing anything, and like he's such a ball winner as well. Absolutely fantastic. Who'll forget the point he got against Kilkenny in the All Ireland final last year? You know, but um, like last Sunday in the league, five points from wing back. Like if you have a wing wing back that's given you four, five, six, and in one case eight points, he's a very, very valuable member, Jack. Yeah, and you know he was hurt of the year for a reason, and he, you know, he had six points the first day against Cork, and he never really relented in terms of scoring and. I suppose the scoring kind of highlight or hides how good of a defender he is because it's very rare his men will get on the scoreboard. And you talk about iconic scores there, you know, that he got, I think it might have been Limerick's last score at the weekend. There was a loose ball played across to him. And, you know, there was a big man and the ball was just bounced off the side and caught it, picked it up with his hand on the run, never broke stride, fired it over from inside his own half. You know, very few people can... Uh, can can put over a score like that, and you're you're stepping in there. He 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 did it twice on Sunday. He did that twice. Yeah, to, you know. It, as much as say, if you if, if if you think the first one was a fluke, here's here's another. Yeah, and you know we we, we spoke about the longevity of a lot of these players. Like Dermot captained the 2015 side. That you know it, it was a. I know they'd won minors minor monsters the previous two years, but. That 2015 one was, I suppose, when you could really start to believe as a Limerick fan that there was something special in the offing. And, you know, Dermot was part of that team. He was one of the first ones drafted into the senior team. And he's just getting better. You know, you could argue that he's a better player than he was six or eight months ago when he won the hurler of the year. Um, You know, just we're so lucky. And to be honest, I don't even have him in my top five. To leave out, like, he, 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 he was, he was, um, you know, he, he was, um, he missed part of the league this year, you know, and um, talk about getting getting up to speed and catching up with the lads, not a bit of it. Yeah. <laughs> He's right there with them. Yeah, I feel bad for the lads in in Dubai <laughs> that had to come up with him because maybe they might have been thinking he's had a few weeks off, he's had a holiday. Mightn't be at the races, but my God, <laughs> he has hit the ground running. But as I said, he it didn't didn't make my list, and which is, I haven't written down, but I've all written down, which is mad to think. But I just think maybe Colin Coughlin could could develop into a player like that. Probably not as efficient, but you know, a scoring wing back or Kyle obviously offers something different. But uh, another scoring wing back, and and that's that's why I, I opted for. Uh, Will Donahue as a as my fourth one on the list. Um, we both had him last year. I'm not sure if he's maintained his spot in your list, but for me, he's he's the first person on the Limerick team that the opposition make contact with in that throw-in. You know, he sets the tone straight away. Such a, a physical specimen. He's so loud. You can always hear him. He's always driving. The amount of shots you see of a Limerick player winning the free and Will is in the background celebrating. You know. He is the enforcer on the team. I think he's the best midfielder in the country. Again, I think he's very unique in how he approaches the game. Dara Donovan is probably of a more and more hurler, if you get me, probably more skillful with the ball, adds in a few more scores. But Willa Dunu is just a powerhouse in the middle of the field. I think he gets into any sort of XV you want. I think any team would be lucky to have him. So often lays on the marker. Like we remember 
when Jamie Barron was flying a few years ago and Wilden, who destroyed him in both games against Noel McGrath, who had, should have been hurt of the year the previous year in 2020, Will completely um, destroyed him. Uh, Dara Fitzgibbon, the 2021 final last year, just so abrasive against Kilkenny. For me, I just I have to have Will Dunahoo. There was a there was a group of us at the the county final between Kilmallock and the Pearshig, and we just said if you had one of the players, you know, on show today, who would you pick? And every one of us went for Will Dunahoo, you know. And you had superstars, the likes of you know Peter Casey, Mike Casey, Mial Hula, and Oshin O'Reilly, Graham Mulcahy. But Will Dunahoo does just something about him so unique. So Will makes my list. I, I I agree totally with everything you said about Will Odenho. Absolutely, I've I fierce time for him as as a player. But Jack and that's why I semi protested um, when when <laughs> when you said at the start that it would have to be five. Yeah, I, I think I I think I didn't protest hard enough at that stage. Yeah, I suppose it just makes it more tricky. Like I'm, I'm looking at the people I've left off here. You know, Kyle Hayes for me is in the top five hurlers in the country every day of the week, but. When it, the MVP one, if I was picking Limerick's five best players, Kyle is 100% in it. Similarly, Karot Hegarty is the top five hurler in the country. You know, on his day is unmarkable, unmatchable, arguably the best player in the country. Sean Finn is the best defender in the country. No arguments from anyone there. So key to what Limerick does. And I think he probably came closest to, to my selection. Now, I think we will have the same man as our number five. Aaron Galan is so integral to what Limerick do as just a scoring force, a target man. You can give Aaron any sort of ball, um, he'll take it. And um, I'll stop naming players there because I'll name them all and we'll name subs then, but um, we can do honourable mentions afterwards. But is your five the same as my five? Um, I'm going for the fifth is Aaron Galan. Okay, okay. Give, give, us, give us why you picked Aaron. Well, you know, I, 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 I think we saw last very, very clearly last Sunday his, his value to the team. Um, first of all, you know, going out in games, he's a marked man. And yeah. um, he has the capacity to move around and upset defences and pull them around the place. And in one-to-one -one contact, Jack, he, he is excellent. Now, a lot of the time he's fouled. And um, doesn't, doesn't, and I, this is a beef that I have, doesn't at times get the protection that he deserves. But we, but we, we saw last, we saw, we, we saw last Sunday, Anam Galan coming back to near his best and Anam Galan proving how valuable he is to the Limerick team. We saw him catch that ball that, that Seamus Flanagan um, delivered, timing his offload to Barry Nash, goal. We saw him taking, uh, instead of what most players would do, fumble and try to pick up the, the pass from Seamus Flanagan, he first-timed it to the net. Yeah. You know, um, I, he, he's, and I'm, look, I'm not being conditioned by that, Jack. I'm, I, that, that solely is not, but that, that is a fair snapshot of what he's all about. But um, um, I think Amgadan is absolutely crucial. Yeah, and you know, I've kind of gone defensive heavy on this. Keen Lynch will be my only attacker on my list today. But I think Aaron Galan is very unique again. Um, as you said, for all for all those reasons, he's so key. And 
I think just maybe he wasn't he wasn't as missed in the start of the league as I think some fellas might have been. But like I had said it that if if you didn't have Aaron Galland for that Ireland Championship, I don't think you'd be winning it. I think he's that that sort of a a difference maker. <laughs> and there you throw your hand up as if to say that's that's my point exactly. But um the man I win for uh on my list is Barry Nash. And uh, I suppose maybe the recency bias there could uh, could help Barry over the line. Um, you you had him last year. I I have him this year. There's been a few swaps, and I mean, if we did this in six weeks' time, there'd be changes. But what kind of a of a corner forward, Matt, can you turn into an all star cornerback, a harder the year nominee, completely changing how the role is played? Just I just don't think there's many people out there, if any, that could have made the transformation. Um, Barry did. I mean, he could have been disheartened with, you know, not starting the 2018 final. He only came on in 2019. But from 2020 on, he's just been phenomenal. There was one error, slight error against Clare in the 2020 final. There was a breaking ball. A few of them went to it. Wasn't necessarily Barry's fault, but maybe more experienced defender might have waited for it. But since then, like, I mean... Cruel what he did to Kilkenny on uh, on Sunday afternoon to go up and score one one from play and probably could have scored more if if he wanted. Um, just the adaptability, leadership again. Captain Limerick in the Munster League last year. Um, just for me, just let's Limerick play the way they play in, in many regards. Um, and yeah, I, I know, I, I know. I, yeah, it was a fierce hot call for me to let Barry Nash out. I had him in last year and. Um, um, you know, I, I'm somebody that's in awe of the way he made the transition from. Um, we, we can only just wonder, Jack, you know, if he, if he was in the forwards now, what kind of a forward he'd be. Absolutely outstanding. But, you know, there were, there were eyebrows raised when he was moved initially to left half back. And he, he had a storming career there at left half back. And then when the vacancy came, um, was Mike Casey and Richie English were out for the first round yeah. of the Munster Championship in 2020. Um, was that the game that doubled up with the league final? Yeah. Against Clare. And, like, you know, we felt here in this, you know, that, that, he, that Barry Nash, seeing that he made the transition from the forwards to wing back, that he would probably make the transition back another step, which he did. And like he, he immediately settled into it, Jack. And like as th- the rest is history. Yeah, like I mean, there's there's making the transition to be a cornerback, and then there's making the transition to completely alter how the game is played and become a marked man at number four. Um, and I I think uh, Joe Quaid had a had a good tweet up there at the weekend, and I'll get it up. But it was I suppose it was kind of highlighting. The, the difficulty of uh of, of Mark and um Barry and he said, Imagine being corner forward and your man scores one one from play in the first half against the breeze. <laughs> and I think that that sums up just trying to mark um Barry Nash. But look, we won't we won't mention again who we missed out because you could make a case for you know any of those players, and you could also make a case for one of those impact subs that are so crucial. As well, and you know, it comes back to that. I remember 2008 when Brian Cody was named man of the match for the All Ireland final. I mean, you could put Paul Kinnock or John Kiley in this list 
if you if you were so inclined. But I think the the, the overall moral of the story is we're so blessed, Matt. Yeah, I I I I'd be well deep into um the, the extended fan, extended um panel before I'd be struggling to make a case. Yeah, it just look good times and a uh, and long may they continue. But um, we leave our MVP I, talk. Look, that, you you are spoiled, you know. But an old fella like me, we we really appreciate it because we can see the contrast. Yeah, well, you say I'm spoiled. Like I, I mean, I, I was, I was born about two or three weeks before the '96 All Ireland. Um, I was there in '07. You know, all my formative experiences with Limerick Ireland were negative. So. I am so grateful. Well, talking, training my my, the... my start as I as I've I've already outlined in this program. The first time I saw Limerick playing in the Senior Hurling Championship was in 1960 at the Athletic Grounds in Cork, and they were beaten 10-9 to 2-1 uh, by by Tipperary. And I cried all the way to Glenroe because I had been somehow convinced <laughs> that Limerick were going to win beforehand. Yeah, well. There's, there's, there's definitely more chance of Limerick winning ten. So shot pants time, Jed, um, Jack. <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'm, I know I, I'm blessed, but I'm looking at the lads that were training below, and they know nothing other than winning. And look, it's, it's a great way to be. But we've certainly, we certainly had some, some uh, low times, even the last decade or so, like that 2013 semi-final. Against Clare was about as low as I've ever been for for a Limerick game. Just was as you as you were full of confidence. I didn't cry all the way home from Dublin, but I certainly didn't speak. And twelve months later, against Kilkenny in the rain and the storm, when they give as good as they got, you know there was the last in the Munster final in fourteen. There was the last Kilkenny in 07. There was that last Offaly in 08, Like you know, after reaching that Ireland final. There has been there has been dark days, but it has been nothing but sunshine since uh, John Kiley uh, answered answered the call, and we said we started with David Burns and his crew in, in fifteen. And uh, you know the, the scary thing is when you look at the okay, Nicky is probably at the far side of his career, but a lot of those lads we mentioned are in around their peak, you know. So and there's there's lads to come. You know, you have the Adam Englishes, the Shane O'Briens, the Colin Eels, the Colin Cochlands, the Fergal O'Connors, these boys. And you look at the minor team that have won two out of two and the 20s that are undefeated. And yeah, we'll have a we'll have a hard time doing this for the next few years, Matt. I think the, the MVPs, and we might go back to it after the season concludes because I'm, I'm sure it will change. But um, just over nearly an hour and a half here. But one thing I just came across last night and I wanted to, you had a tweet about it. Unfortunately, Fergal Horgan's time as an intercounty referee came to an end yesterday. Um, kind of out of the blue for me, but I, I've seen Fergal referee all Ireland finals to Fitzgibbon Cup games, to club championship games, and I thought he was the best in the business, you know, and he's definitely a loss to the game. A huge loss, um, Jack. Um, a huge loss, and... Um... Uh, you know, coming at a time, I suppose, when when there's, in particularly in Limerick, anyway, um, but um, I'm I'm sure across, I I see um, the chairman of Wexford County Board out as well, um, some time ago there recently about the lack of referees when there's a genuine 
uh, a general lack of referees around the country and there's a recruitment drive. Um, you know, I, 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 I think it, 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 it's a very, very, very sad um, it's a very, very sad news that that that, that Fergal Horgan will no longer see him as the man in the middle. Um, uh, I I, th I think, and I would appeal to the GA authorities at this stage, before it's too late, um, to do everything that's possible to try and get Fergal Horgan to change his mind, yeah. because he's a universal, universally liked and respected referee for. Um, but the way he goes about his business, um, he has been scrupulously fair in in all his dealings with all counties, with clubs, with colleges, and he has a reputation for that. And I think that before it's too late, um, uh, we have seen referees walk in the past, the like of James McGrath, um, a very good referee from Westmeath, and and now we have we have you know. Uh, Free of the caliber of, of Fergal Horgan. Um, you know, I, I look, I respect his reasons that, that he yeah. outlined in the interview. Um, and um, uh, but look, I, I, I think there should be a meeting of minds in this that, that the GA should approach Fergal Horgan with a view to getting him back on board. I think, um, from the reaction that was in social media, Jack. Yeah. That is what the GA fraternity want. They want Fergal Horgan. Yeah, definitely. And that's why I brought it up because you know we had we we had Tunica and Johnny on recently, you know, and you know, they spoke about the enjoyment refereeing and just this kind of came out of the blue. And from a Limerick point of view, I don't think we've ever had any issues with uh with Fergal Horgan. It's always been a fair and a very good ref at, at the mm. end of the day. Um but so hopefully common sense can prevail there and we can get him back on board but Matt near near an hour and a half here we might call that a podcast got through so much um obviously started with Anthony McCarthy and Morris O'Connor with the Masters so the best look to them they play on Saturday for anyone around the Celtic Gales against Cork in a challenge at two o'clock their championship starts at the start of May uh we had Dermot Ryan from the the manager of the Limerick 116s that won a first ever Munster A Camogie title at the at the weekend and they don't they start championship um in May. So if you're only tuning in now, get back to the start to listen to those. Uh the Limerick minor footballers are out on Thursday, the minor hurlers are out on Tuesday, the twenties footballers are out Monday, and uh I suppose we're only ten days away from that Munster Championship. We look back on the, the league final and we looked at our Limerick MVPs uh with some disagreement but a lot of agreement. So we might call it a, a podcast there, Matt. A huge thank you to Noel's Menswear, as always, for, for sponsoring the pod. To you, Matt, for your incredible insights, for everyone listening. And all our guests will be back again next week for another bumper edition of Tree Talk. So thank you. Thank you, Jack. Especially again, we get old with what you put into. It's like a walk of life. If you're good enough, go out and get it. No more about it. Your mother sends you down to the shop for a pound's worth of goods and she gives you 50 pence. You can't get the pound's worth of goods, can you? Just about kept in. Oh, well, Shorty Buckley. To do that to Tommaso Shea, he deserves to score from here. One of the highlights of the second game. Let me find out there from the world court today. No more about him. He made all the run that was it. Put the ball over the barrel, the fact that it didn't it. No ifs, no buts.
sempre 